Well, Easter weekend has come and gone. Can you believe it? Just like that. We are like well into the year now. It's starting to get chilly. I'm sure we'll be munching on some of that leftover Easter chocolate over the next coming months as we begin the countdown to whatever's next. I guess magpies and then Christmas and all that kind of stuff. But uh, when you think about Easter weekend and all that it represents, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, it really is a great remembrance and reminder of what Christ has done. You think when Jesus was on the cross and he was giving his life, he said these famous words, it is finished, meaning that sin is finished, shame is finished, death is defeated, separation from God is finished. But uh, there's something that I really want us to catch today, and that is as much as the, the Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, all that was accomplished on the cross is really a finished work. It's representative of the end of something, the, a moment in history where something finished. I, I also believe that it is a starting point. It is the beginning of something even more amazing. You know, we often talk about the cross as a bookend moment, like the finish line. But in truth, it's actually the starting line. It's actually the starting line, the starting of something amazing, the beginning of new life, a new covenant, a new agreement with God, a new way of doing things for and with God, a new purpose for living, a new power for living, a supernatural way of living for and with God. So today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about living in the way of new life. New life. I remember when I was a kid and I got my first ever Game Boy Color. I'm not sure, maybe I'm aging myself, but Game Boy Color, I remember, you know, you could still like uh, play some old games in there and they change color a little bit. But I remember I even had this like special attachment that would magnify the screen and had lights so I could play it in the car for the whole like hour that the AA batteries lasted, all that kind of stuff. It was a different time, right? But I remember seeing these games for the first time and being like, whoa, like mind blown right? Seeing things in a whole new light, seeing things in color for the first time on my Game Boy. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I saw things that I'd never seen before. Donkey Kong just looked different. I'm like, wow, amazing. Mario and Pokemon, all these kind of things we were playing at, at that time. And or remember when we jumped from standard definition television to HD, you'd walk into JB Hi-Fi or, or Dick Smith or whoever it was back then. You walk in and you look at the the TVs and you just think, wow, look at that African Sahara desert. Whoa. You know, they always had the loops of the National Geographic stuff. It was just amazing, right? To see things in a new definition in HD. And this is what the new life is like for someone who accepts Christ. You know, the earth hasn't changed. My surroundings haven't changed, but I have. I have. How I see things has changed. My eyes have been open. I see in color, in HD, in holy definition. That's a lame joke, I know, but I had to go there. I love the way N.T. Wright puts it, who's a uh, an amazing theologian, particularly around the writings of Paul. He says this, Christians are called to leave behind in the tomb of Jesus Christ all that belongs to the brokenness and incompleteness of the present world. 
that quite simply is what it means to be Christian, to follow Jesus Christ into the new world, God's new world, which he has thrown open before us. A new world has been opened before us, new life. The Apostle Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13 to 17. This is going to be like our core scripture for today. We're going to keep coming back to it from time to time, but I'm going to read the whole thing. Let's just soak in these amazing verses of scripture. Listen to what Paul has to say. He says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. A new life has begun. This is just the beginning. When I accept Christ by faith and I ask him for forgiveness, I ask him to change me, to come into my life, something ends in me. Something ends in me. But also, something begins. What ends in me is amazing. My sin, my shame, my guilt, my longing to be right with God, my deadness, my emptiness. What ends in me is miraculous. My old way is gone. My old life is gone. But what begins in me is even more miraculous when you think about it. What begins in me, beginning a life of new purpose, of new power, a life that is never alone, walking with God, talking with him, knowing him, being adopted into the family of God. It says this in verse 15, and we'll just highlight it here. Those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Now notice the qualifiers here. It says, those who receive his new life, those who receive his new life. So within that is a real great self-assessment question. And that is this, if I am living just for me, myself, have I actually received the new life that Jesus offers? You know, I find the whole concept of self-focused Christianity to be such an oxymoron to me. You know, if my faith in Jesus, my faith, I'm, I'm quoting faith because it's not really genuine faith when you think about it. If my faith has no evidence of living for anyone or anything outside of me, and my dreams, and my wishes, and my prosperity, and my place in heaven, and, and my trauma, my victim m mindset. You know, and I'm not here to uh, downplay genuine traumas, and because and, and, we I know we have people in our church who have gone through genuine uh, circumstances and abuses in their life that, are, that produce genuine trauma. But I do feel like in this modern age, the word trauma is like the word of the day. It's like, uh, like I handed an assignment late to to uni and I get I lose marks. Oh, I'm a victim. I'm traumatized. Right? Oh, I, I came in second place in cross country. Oh, I'm a victim. I'm traumatized. Look, I'm not here to downplay genuine issues here, but because uh, I know some of us have them. Absolutely. But hey, let, when it's not genuine, when it's just a victim mindset, let's call it for what it is. It's self 
focused. It's making my whole life about me, my self-care, me, me, me. My, and when my faith has no evidence of living for anything or anyone outside of myself, have I really been transformed? In truth, an elevation of self is self-idolatry. It's making me God. When in truth, it says that those who have received Christ's new life will not live for themselves. They will live for Christ. Come on. Think about your life for a moment, your day to day. What evidence is there that you really live for Jesus, for Christ, for his glory? Is he on your mind? Is he in your priorities? Is he, is he in your motivations as you go to work? Is he, is he part, is he, is not just part of your life. I think that's a, that's a, a, uh, a loaded question to say, is Christ part of my life? It's almost like we kind of miss the point altogether. Christ isn't just part of our life. He is our life. He is the very source of our life. It says, Paul says, those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Come on. When I allow Christ to truly take residence in my heart, to truly be the king of my life, when I allow him to consume me, when I spend time with him, when I read his words and allow them to transform me, I enter a new life. I enter his new life. It says later in verse 17 in 2 Corinthians 5, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anyone who belongs to him this is where new life really begins. It begins when I belong to Christ. When I give myself to him, all that I am, I surrender all I am to him. Do you belong to him today? Or is it just that he belongs to you? He's like a little, a little ornament in your life, a little sense of good luck, a little ticket to heaven. No, 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 no. I don't want just Christ to belong to me. No, I want to belong to him. I want to belong to him all of my life. Everything that I am belonging to him. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, maybe you're watching our service today and this is all new to you. Maybe you came to our Easter event and this whole concept is quite new. Well, let me read a couple of scriptures that will help you understand a little bit of what I'm talking about. In Romans 10, 9, it says this. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, it says. Ephesians 3.17 says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The New Living Translation says it this way, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. So through verses like these, we see that belonging to Christ, really knowing you are his, is a faith thing. It's by believing, by trusting Jesus trusting the, the, the claims of Jesus, trusting in his death and resurrection, what he did for you on the cross and that he raised to life, uh, trusting the price that he paid on the cross, uh, trusting the life that he now offers you. And in trusting him, I turn from my sinful ways and I start to journey in the ways of walking in new life. This is what we call repentance. I was going this way. And then I turn and I go this way. I go toward him and toward all that he wants. Now, something happens to me when I do this. Jesus comes into my life. My sins are forgiven and I start to walk in this new life of God, from God. 
And if we continue in that verse 17 we were just reading, it says this. It says, the old life is gone and the new life has begun. So something new begins. It's the starting line. Now, I'd love to give you some attributes of this new life that Jesus offers us. What what is this new life like? I'd love to give you two attributes that are really key, massive concepts in this new life that Christ gives us. Number one is that Christ's new life is free. It's free. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't cost something. It costs Jesus a lot. It gave, he gave his life on the cross for us. But it's free. It's freely received by faith. And it is also completely free of the brokenness in our present world. It is free from the weight of my sinfulness. I love what Jesus said in, in John 8 verse 34 to 36. He said, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That doesn't sound free to me because a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. When I accept Christ, I am free from the weight of sin. I'm no longer a slave to my sinfulness. I become a child of God. He adopts me as his own. I am made new. The weight of sin and death is no longer on me. And it's something really kind of tricky to explain unless you've really experienced it. You know, I remember when I used to come home from school, uh, particularly high school, you'd have all your your subject books in your bag. I'd carry, you know, nowadays kids just have iPads and stuff, but we used to carry real solid books, you know. And I would get home and I would chuck my bag down as soon as I got home. And it was like, oh, I'd stretch my shoulders out. Like that weight, the weight of education was on my shoulders all day. And I would throw my bag down. And this is what it's like. Before knowing Christ, I was carrying a weight, the weight of my sin, the weight of my sense of separation from God. And in a moment of trusting him and believing in Jesus, I handed my weight over to him. The new life I have in Christ is free from the weight of condemnation and fear. Fear from, uh, f- we're free from the fear of anything that anyone could do to me in this life because my life is now in God. Okay? Free. Living free. The new life in Him is free. Full of freedom. Do you need freedom today? Freedom from the opinion of others? Come on, start caring about God's opinion about you. When you have a revelation that, oh man, I care more about what God thinks about me than others, that is a very freeing feeling as well. This is the new life that Jesus gives us. It's free. And also, Christ's new life is full. Christ's life is free and it's also full. This new life in him is full, full of joy, full of purpose, full of the Holy Spirit, full of God living in me, full of the very life that God provides me. You know, life as a Christian may not be void of pain and suffering from time to time, but it is definitely void of emptiness. You know, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, He is with me. I'm never, I'm full. My life is full because of God's life in me. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And if you look into the definition of the words that were translated there, it really means to have life like God has life. 
Have life like him. This new life in Christ is full. I remember uh, when I was a kid, I had this um, Jurassic Park toy in the 90s. Jurassic Park was so huge. And I, I got this Jurassic Park T-Rex toy. And it was kind of like rubbery feeling. It's, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, it's like real dinosaur skin. Anyway, this dinosaur toy had this like section in its rib cage that you could like pull the skin off and you'd see like its ribs inside. Kind of gross, right? But I remember it, the purpose of it was you'd fight other dinosaurs and you'd rip the skin off. It's like, yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, look, it, it's dying. Oh, you know, and you know, when you're a young guy, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. So, but this is the problem. Okay, this little piece of, of dinosaur skin that would fit on the T-Rex, I lost it. You know, because it was rubber, you chew on it, you throw it around. I lost it. So the next thing you know, I had this T-Rex toy that had his ribs showing. I'm like, what is going on? So I tried to fill that gap with Play-Doh. I, I colored in paper. I tried to cut out some cardboard. But the truth is nothing fit there. <laughs> the only thing that fit there was the piece that was meant to be there. And that is a, a, a bit of a metaphor of how so many of us live life. We are trying to fill a void of emptiness with all the wrong things. We think, oh, if I can just drink enough, if I can just have enough uh, uh, friends on, on Facebook or whatever, if I, if I can pursue sex and pleasure or, or dopamine or medication, I will fill the void of emptiness that is in me. Well, here's the truth. There's only one thing that was meant to fill that void, and that is God, His life. His life is meant just like that piece was meant to complete that T-Rex. Listen, his life is meant to complete us, is meant to fill us, fill us and be overflowing with joy and purpose and power and happiness and, and love. All these type of things that are God given things. Come on, this new life in Christ is a way that Christ has opened us, an open door for us. So let's walk in it. Are you free today? Are you truly full today? I'm not just talking about Easter chocolate. I'm talking about full of God's life. Come on, we can walk in this way by faith, by trusting in Him, in freedom, in, in fullness. You know, the enemy would love us to be bound and to be empty. To be, oh man, just longing for other people's approval and longing and, and, and no, 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 that is, not the, that is not the way God would want us to walk. The enemy would love us to walk void of purpose and power, void of hope and joy. That is not the life that God has offered us. You know, some would say that our level of freedom and fullness is dependent upon our performance. Like if I just attend enough or if, if I just do God's stuff enough. Well, that's not the life that God has offered us either. In fact, the life that God has offered us, this new life, is so rich, is so amazing, is so abundant, so supernatural that it actually draws better things out of us. It overflows out of us. I don't do good stuff to get to God. I don't do good stuff to gain God's approval. I don't do good stuff because I'm I'm fearful of, of going to hell. No, I do good stuff because he who is good lives in me. His new life lives in me and it overflows out of me. It's impossible to hate other people, to live in bitterness and when Christ's life is flowing in and through you. Come on, people, listen. Hey, if you're struggling with 
cynicism and bitterness and a sense of inferiority. Allow his new life to fill you, to spend time with him today. Spend time with Jesus today. Come on, get put away Netflix, put away The Mandalorian. This, this season's been disappointing anyway. Listen, put it all aside, pursue Jesus and watch how much walking in his new life changes you, helps you walk in freedom and fullness. Amen, amen. I wanna pray for you. And I especially wanna pray for you today if you've never accepted Jesus, if you've never accepted his life, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a moment, uh, and the words are going to come on, a, on the screen. And this prayer simply is, is saying to Jesus, Lord, come into my life. I accept you. And if you pray this prayer today, right now, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, God, by his great grace and love and mercy and power, will impact your life in this moment. Maybe today is a day where you will go from being bound up and being empty to being free and being full of the new life that God offers you. So would you pray this with me? If this is you, if you need to pray this prayer to God, I want you to pray it to him. Make it your own as I pray it along with you. Okay, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again. And today, I receive by faith your forgiveness and friendship. I thank you that I will enter heaven one day to be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. Amen. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, please let us know. We'd love to help you. We'd love to give you a Bible, get a coffee, uh, come to church. You know, in a couple of weeks, we'll be back in person again. Come along. Get connected in the community of faith. We'd love to help you on walking in this new life with Christ. Amen. And for all of us who are on this journey, who have accepted Jesus, maybe you've been wavering. Maybe your focus has been all over the place. Hey, let's take time today to focus on him. In fact, I'm going to pray right now as we close. Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you for this new life. Lord, I thank you that Easter weekend wasn't just the end of something but it was the beginning of something amazing and new. And Lord, we make a decision today by faith to enter that new life. Lord, I pray that this week we would walk, from this moment, we would walk in freedom and fullness. We would have a fresh awareness, a supernatural awareness of you being with us every day as we journey, as we go to the shop, as we work, as we deal with kids, as we deal with family, deal with difficult situations, that we would know that you are with us in freedom and fullness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. We hope you have an amazing, amazing week. Uh, and hey, we're still around. Text, get a coffee with someone. Take advantage of these couple of weeks of being online to, uh, to catch up and do life together. And we hope to see you soon. Have a blessed week. So love me the way